Coach, I don't know that Paul Feinbaum needs introduction in SEC country, but I'm going to let you do it anyway. You're your friend and ours, Paul Feinbaum. Yeah, well, Paul's been so gracious to us. He even came on our podcast during the game last yeah. year. <laughs> a watch along out at the, even though the game was out of reach, but uh, that was tremendous having you on right there to celebrate the Georgia victory. But Paul's been a friend of mine for a long time and has always been uh, somebody I could depend on. When I had some tough times, he was still behind me, he gave me uh, really good support. So, but uh, with that being said, Paul, we're getting ready for the new season here. And uh, all those people in Alabama primed and cocked. Now they're ready. I saw where. L. Duncan's mad because everybody's picking Bama over us, and you, you, you had to soothe her a little bit. But uh, is there anything to the rumor that Bama's back? You know, I, I, Bama's one of those very difficult teams to analyze, Coach, because you 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 give Saban the benefit of the doubt. And, listen, nobody needs to say anything more about Nick Saban. We all feel the same way. But I think sometimes that is that is really out of whack. Uh, I'm, I'm more curious about what you think. But when you show up on the Monday of the of the first game and you berate the media because you're not releasing a depth chart, it, that doesn't make me feel better about your prospects. And I think there's something behind that. And I'm, I'm, I really do want to hear your thoughts on that because I think it's it, it's extremely interesting. Yeah, he really make instead of saying who the quarterback was, he basically got on to everybody because they wanted to know. So, I mean, he, he has a tendency to do that, but he's a great psychologist, but uh, there's no question that, that there's a little bit of a burr in his saddle. I mean, you know, we saw David Polly Pollock getting on him there in that championship game about it. The torch had been passed and it's been passed to one of his uh, guys that he used to be his, Number one. Yeah, by the way, look what happened to David Pollock. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I hate that. Everybody- yeah, I mean, that's the last time David Pollock was on was on College Game Day. I'm not. I mean, I don't think the two are related, but it. it, it you know, Saban did not like that, though, Coach. And I, uh, I just I, as a guy that used to sit on in that row on that front row as a young sports reporter, I I, I don't ever remember other coaches doing that. And and I covered coach Brian for three years, coach. He, he didn't talk down to the media. Yeah. There's always, I mean, everybody has interactions with the media, but he talks down to the media and that really bugs me. Yeah. And he, you know, occasionally too, when somebody asks a question that he doesn't like you, he'll, he'll get on them about that. But hey, but it, moving forward here, uh, do you feel like that LSU is a, a little bit of a flash in the pan based on last year. Are they ready to make this next step now that they're more, uh, everybody knows about them. Uh, you, you get a, ten, a chance to be on the inner workings. You think they're good enough overall to be a contending team or, or how does it look for them? Coach, they have enormous talent, uh, skill position players across the board. I, I worry, do they have enough? And, I mean, there were so many bad things about them last year. Uh, you're forgetting the opening game. Worry about the worry about the last regular season game against Texas A&M. Uh, worry about uh, a complete uh, non uh, inability to show up against Tennessee. 
uh, you know, they struggled against Arkansas. Uh, they they have great players, uh, and, and I, I respect Brian Kelly immensely, but I, I just I'm a little bit concerned about them, and I think they could not have had a worse they, they could not have gotten a worse draw than having to play Florida State in the opener because you know how, you know you know the talent on that Florida State team whether they can put it together or not uh, is is open for debate, but skill position wise, uh, you know you know, dynamic talent. They have it. Yeah, I think you make a good point about LSU, and that's why I ask you uh, some of the things that people forget is some of the bad things that happened to them playing last year. And when you have a couple big wins, you have a tendency to, you know, really get up on that. But uh, I would be – Dave's going to go next, but I would be anxious to think – hear your thoughts on what's the deal with Lane – they, he's never beaten a top 20 team except maybe one in his coaching career. What do you think about that? I think that's a really important thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, let's, 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 let's forget the group think and how cool he is on Twitter. That's nonsensical. But that hasn't, the, the fact that he was able to get almost $10 million a year uh, from Ole Miss because of uh, floating the Auburn story it, it just shows you where we are in coaching right now. I, I, I'm still not convinced, uh, really sure what he's done at Ole Miss. Uh, he had that one big year. Jimbo's had one big year. Um, but I thought last year was 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 a complete meltdown. Uh, what they lose five uh, out of the last six, or, or yeah. I mean, it was it was inexcusable. And I. I know they're recruiting well. I had a coach tell me recently, Coach Donnan, that he said, man, I, I don't know what they're doing over there, but that's a, that's a different place than it used to be, and you know what that means. So he's getting the players, and I just, I'm just i not sure, you know, how, how he puts them together. And, you know, the easiest thing or the, or the laziest thing in the world is just to point to a schedule. But, I mean, tell me someone else that goes to uh, – to Alabama and Georgia. That's right. Okay, Dane. Paul, early indications with Auburn. Is Hugh Freeze a fit? And I asked just in the context of with what they had with Harson, which just did not work at all in the Southeast. Do you think Freeze so far is passing that test? Other than, than Coach Prime, nobody's had a better offseason than Hugh Freeze. And I, I don't really think there's any explanation for it other than Brian Harson was, was just such a mis, uh, misfit, uh, someone with you know, zero personality, that Hugh has gone in there and he's comfortable. Uh, he's, he's a great showman in the sense of playing the down-home uh, guy. And, and I think he's a good football coach. But I, I think – I mean, when, when I heard I, – I don't know which one of the, the pundits it was, Coach, coach and Dane – that was, that was trying to convince me the other day, well, you know, Georgia, uh, you know, Carson Beck, he's got to go to Auburn in a couple of weeks. Well, okay. I mean, I, I covered, uh, you know, what, six overtime games with Jim Don and, uh, and, and Terry Bowden back in the day. I, I mean, I, I, I saw Vince Dooley and Pat Dye battle it out. I, I know how great that rivalry is, but I don't, I don't see that as being uh, a major test for the dogs uh Five six weeks into the season, I just don't think Auburn's there yet. Uh, I think they have a they they have some momentum because of Hugh Freeze. They've gotten a couple of good recruits, 
Uh, I don't know what they, you know, have a quarterback. I'm, I'm not overly impressed that you pick up some table scraps from Michigan State. Uh, but I, th- I think he won the offseason, which was the most important thing he had to win. And now, now he just he, he, he may have created a monster for himself with all the expectations. Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, I'm fortunate to get that second chance. I mean, uh, just uh, people talk about, you know, his leaving uh, Ole Miss, but they don't talk about all the things that happened beside that before yeah. that went on probation. Uh, and, you know, he was head coach. He didn't get blamed for him, but uh, still. Coach, was- I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, he has managed to put it all into like a, a single phone call that got him fired. Uh, and, you know, there, there are a lot of reasons why he wasn't blamed for all that. But, I mean, they had they had a tandem working there, as you and, and everybody knows. And, and it doesn't matter now. But, you know, if you take a, if you take away that he beat Nick Saban twice, OK, if you take that out of the equation. What has he done? All right. Well, he got Larry. Larry Tunsil had two uh, two uh, rental cars at the same time. So that was <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was I, mean, I, I am impressed with what he did at Liberty more than what he did at Ole oh, Miss. He and he's a good coach, but uh, you know, I think sometimes uh, people getting on Jeremy Pruitt and all that, but uh, Jeremy Pruitt things that they got were nothing to, to Ole Miss. But uh, going to uh, one other thing on the West, and then we'll turn over here uh, because you've been around. Uh, both Jimbo and Petrino. Uh, what do you think about that marriage? Well, Bobby Petrino is a peculiar guy, um, but but he needs this opportunity. I mean, he it's not like, you know, where was he in Vegas? Uh, I mean, it wasn't like he was getting a lot of uh, A-list chances anymore. So I, I think it's got a, ch- a possibility of working. Um, all this obsession over who's going to call plays. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Bob Petrino is in charge of the offense. Uh, you tell me about this, but but I hear a lot of people mentioning Jim Chaney's name as somebody who may be the, the difference out there uh, in terms of the analyst and maybe keeping everybody calm. And if that, if that turns out to be correct, and, and I don't know Jim like you do, Coach, uh, could that be a factor? Well, you know, Jim's got an existing relationship with uh, some some of the coaches on the staff, and I don't know to what extent he had with Petrino or, or uh, Jimbo, but uh, certainly he, he's a very astute guy, and he knows, uh, particularly during the game, he'd be a good guy to have in the press box to uh, articulate what the defense. But I think one of the deals these analysts do that these different guys use is they coach the coaches, you know, a little bit about, preparing them for what the other teams are doing. And, uh, and, and Jim is very good at that. And uh, I, I think that it's just going to be the dynamic. Here's a guy that Jimbo has always called a place. He called a place for Nick Saban. I mean, he called yeah. he, he helped Terry Bowden, although Terry called him himself. But I think once you, you've done it your whole life, it's going to be hard to keep from suggesting or not saying anything. And Jimbo – has a tendency to talk a lot anyhow. So, but Petrino's a master game planner and, and, and he's been a brilliant play caller wherever he's been. So they got the talent. I mean, there's no question about that. And uh, we'll see how that rolls, but uh, it's going to be an interesting dynamic. So moving over here to the East, and we, we don't want to go into Georgia to the end, but the one thing about 
everybody's talking about Tennessee, 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 but you see that really poor game they had at the end of the year against uh, really against South Carolina. It just makes you wonder, are they going to be able to overcome that with all the losses they've had to professional players that they lost? Then they don't have a lot of stars coming back, but that's the team that everybody picks to give Georgia the most trouble. Yeah. I, I don't know about that. I, I, I think the Tennessee uh, situation will be revealed in Gainesville in a couple of weeks, coach. And I'm, I'm not saying that, that Florida is, is a great team. They're not, they're probably a mediocre team, but you know, do they pass that test? And if they don't pass that test, then they're not going to challenge Georgia. And I think the only reason we're saying that is we can't find anyone else. Um, and the fact the game is in, is in uh, Knoxville. Uh, I, I think they'll be good. Uh, you know, I don't, I mean, I, I, Joe Milton seems like he's got it together and, and I'm, I'm very impressed with Heupel, but ultimately uh, they, were, they got a lot of credit last year for, for that, for a couple of games. I mean, obviously the Alabama game and, you know, the LSU game, but I mean, there were some, there were some shaky moments as well. Hey, Alabama, 17 penalties. Hey, come on. If Alabama just cut their penalties down this year, yeah. uh, uh, not only that, but and I hate to go back, but uh, one day before it's all over, I'd like to ask Nick Saban uh, what was going on in that headset on the final uh, Tennessee series because that's those, those are some of the worst calls defensively I've ever seen. That plus the offense could have, you know, run the oh, ball. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, use some clock up. But all right, Dane, you're up, buddy. Paul, with you being a bit of a historian of this and a Netflix superstar at this point of chronicling what happens uh, in college football, uh, behind me, this is a, a Shoney's football from 1997 with some lovely uh, logos on here. I talked to a lot of fans, and they're viewing this season as kind of the last of an era in the sense it's the last of the 14 playoff. SEC grows by two after this season. Do you view this the same way? Is this a, a moment in history that marks the end of one time and the beginning of another? I mean, I think f from a structural standpoint, it does, Dane. Uh, and I think in the offseason, we spent more time talking about 24 than we did 23. I, that will go away Saturday, uh, I can assure you. Uh, and I, I think it's a moment in time, but because there's so many changes already in college football, I'm not sure the idea of two West Coast teams going to the Big Ten is that jarring because uh, there are so many other things that have been equally jarring. The idea that Maryland and, and Rutgers and, and Nebraska are in the Big Ten. Uh, I mean, the ACC, as, as, we, we're, as we're talking, I mean, I don't know what they're doing, Coach. Uh, you know, are they adding SMU, uh, Cal and Stanford? And if they are, why? Uh, you know, was you don't there want to watch Cal Bears go over and play volleyball against NC State? I, I mean, I guess. I mean, it's just so. So, I mean, I mean, it's a double-edged uh, answer, Dane. Uh, but I'm not that sad about it because I've seen so much uh, that. I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm, a, I've been around long enough to remember uh, as a kid. I mean, we sat around the TV on Saturday. There was one football game on, uh, and you, it didn't matter. I mean, and to me, those were great days because. As a as a as a nine year old, I cared about Penn State and Pittsburgh, or Nebraska and Oklahoma, or Michigan and Ohio State, or UCLA and USC, or because th those are the only games you knew. Uh, and and I'm not I'm not 
being critical of today, it's great to, uh, you know, belly up to a TV at noon and be there at one o'clock in the morning. Uh, but, but coach, it was a big deal when, uh, when your team was on national television. Now it's like, okay, great. Yeah. I mean, they were looking for games back then, you know, had the week, uh, you know, pick one the week of the game, you know, because, and they couldn't get anybody. And we had to, we ended up playing Kansas was a national game of the week. And we were nine and oh, and they were one and eight. But, but Keith Jackson had the game, you know, yeah. it was, it was, that's what you're talking about. But let, let's just go here and, and talk about the, uh, your relationship and, and the the involvement of Kirby as an assistant coach at Alabama and and the way he's evolved uh, and and really kind of taken over college football as the guy the last couple of years. What have you seen that really makes you think that he's been able to do that and the, and the changes maybe he's made to, to help him? From a personal standpoint, Coach, to me he is he is he is held true to form. I mean, I, I don't remember, was it, I've I interviewed him a couple of times this year, uh, and, I, and I said something, I said, well, Coach, thanks so much for coming by. And he looked at me like, I mean, I, why, why wouldn't I want to be here? Uh, and, and, I, and I say that because others, others aren't like that. Uh, you can draw your own conclusions on who the others are. Um, but Kirby's always been available. And, I mean, I, I'm, I'm also aware that we have a big – a big platform. Don't, I'm not acting like I'm, you know, got a Kool-Aid stand out in front of my house. Uh, I mean, I, I realize you know, you know, I work for a big entity, but that doesn't matter to some people, but to him it does. And, and that, that really matters to me and our audience. He's ne he never stops. I mean, and, and I'm sure in the back of his mind, he's thinking maybe I'll, maybe I'll reach a recruit by going on, on the show. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll, or maybe he's just a, a, a good enough person that uh, that's true to form. And I think, I think it's all of those things. And, and that, that is remarkable. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, I mean, it will be interesting. This season will be a real challenge for him because he's trying to do something uh, unprecedented. Uh, but I haven't noticed much. Um, he, he always seems to be the same, uh, even, uh, on those down moments, he's very personable. Uh, now again, I'm not one of these guys that, that, that bother coaches. Uh, I, I stay away from coaches, uh, because I just feel like they, they have enough on their plate. I'll see them when I see them. So I don't know what he's like, uh, you know, to cover as a beat. I don't, I don't know a lot of those things that you guys understand uh, better, you know, being in Athens, but, but I, I couldn't be more impressed with him. And uh, it's the personal things that matter to me more than, than, than how he handles everything else. But, but I, I, I thought even, even this winter when everything seemed to be going wrong with all the off the field issues, uh, he, he held true to form. Uh, you know, he didn't say very much, but when he did, he meant it. Yeah, he, he did, and uh, it, it's been tough on him uh, just on all of us. You know, to lose one of your players is just uh, devastating, and uh, it really has been hard. But uh, I think the one thing that you mentioned to me several times is how much you enjoy coming to Athens uh, with your your show on Saturday, but also the fact that he is always ready to come over there, whether it's Friday afternoon. It doesn't matter. Or he's, he's, he's always there, and – uh, it's, you know, I, I see the interaction that the two of you have, and I know he realizes that that's his job, but he also has a lot of respect for you, Paul. There's no question about that. 
Well, I, I mean, I, I, it's an advantage having uh, been uh, known him a lot. I, I knew him. I didn't know him well, but I knew him. I mean, we would talk occasionally when he was at Alabama. And I think there's also uh, anybody that, that has worked for Saban, uh, Coach, uh, understands those like me who have dealt with Saban over the years. I mean, there, there's I, – I can't remember where I was I, a couple of years ago. There was Muschamp and – Kirby and a couple other guys, and, and the subject's always turning to Saban, um, and that's understandable. Um, and so there is that commonality. But but I I really uh, I, mean, I sound like a broken record with him, but but I I think uh, th- this is not this should not be a surprise. Uh, he he has just some completely uh, taken things, uh, and, and I wonder. I, I'll tell you a quick story. I had lunch about three weeks ago with with. A, few people, including Ray Tanner, who's the athletic director at South Carolina. And I said, Ray, I said, what exactly went down with Kirby? Because um, in 2015, if you remember, guys, uh, Spurrier left in the middle of the season. Uh, they made a change or the interim coach. And the first person that, that Ray called and met with was Kirby. And it was top secret. He said, please don't tell anybody. And then you all know what happened. Two days later, Georgia gets rid of Mark Richt and hires Kirby. And I, I asked Ray somewhat naively, naively I said, well, how, how did it get out? I, he, I said, Kirby wouldn't have been, Kirby, Kirby couldn't have been involved. He said, of course, Kirby wasn't involved. Jimmy Sexton was. Uh, Jimmy Sexton immediately, uh, and by the way, Georgia should be, should be thankful for this. Georgia uh, Sexton immediately let the folks at uh, Georgia know. And, I, I'd never, I, I'd only heard part of that story before, but I was fascinated by, by what I heard. Def, definitely true. I mean, uh, they figured that, you know, the window was tight. So, if you, and they were considering it. And the Coach Rick did a tremendous job. There's no question about that. But uh, it felt like they had, you know, if you didn't get Kirby then, you weren't going to get him. Cause, but hey, let's just talk about, uh, uh, what do you? How do you feel about our boy Jim Harbaugh? Uh, the recent uh, deal with him giving up the, the three games and also making sure that he feels like the players should start getting part of the, the pot for the games. Well, I agree with him on the players. Is it realistic right now? No, I mean it's too it's way too complicated. Uh, but I think there will come a day, uh, Coach, that the, that somebody is going to organize the players. And that, and they are going to either refuse to play or, or or demand a seat. And is that where is that where college sports ought to go? It it there's so many there's so many issues that we don't have time for today. But ultimately, uh, the model that we have now is, is going to move to a different one. And it's you know Harbaugh's a, I mean he's definitely he, he's a he's a he's a character. Um, he happens to have a, a great team. Uh, I mean, no, nobody's got the two best running backs, a quarterback, Definitely. all kinds of uh, skill position players like he does. Now, c- can they put it together, though, when it really matters? And in the past, they have not been able to. Yeah, he's got a good team. The quarterback situation, you know, the fact that he's a returning guy compared to Ohio State, Georgia, so many of these teams have got a few question marks there. But uh, let, let's just talk about uh, – the uh, situation that you that you see with the transfer portal and the NIL and the state of uh, of the what's going to happen with all these 
different uh, conference realignments. What do you think? Well, I, I think I think it's I think the conference realignment is, is utterly bizarre. Uh, I, I you know the Oregon Washington deal was about money. Uh, what the ACC currently doing to me doesn't add any value whatsoever to the ACC, which is already challenged. I like I like where the SEC is sitting firm uh, at sixteen. Coach, you know how difficult it is to put these schedules together, and they're still working on that. And if you and suddenly if you add two more schools or four more schools, it makes it uh, even more complicated. Now, I like the idea that if you look at a map, uh, whether you start in Florida or South Carolina, you work your way across the country. I mean, these are contiguous states. As far as you, as even though you have to go to Oklahoma and Texas and Missouri, it, it all it all does touch each other. Uh, where the where the where the Big Ten makes no sense, and the ACC is walking into uh, its uh, its death sentence, I think, uh, by by taking on, assuming they do, uh, SMU, Cal, and Stanford. All right, Dane, you got one more, then I'll finish it up with Paul. In the last decade, Paul, we've seen Greg Sankey essentially become the most powerful person in the sport. How have you seen him change as his role has adjusted? And where do you think this goes in the next three, five years? Well, I think he's been very uh, you know, cautious. Uh, where remember, remember three years ago when the Big Ten shut down, Pac-12 shut down, he waited. Uh, he wanted to see what, you know, what, which way everything was going. And he, he was proven to be correct. And, and I think he's been the same way about expansion. Uh, you know, success will help. Uh, you know, when you start having a lot of success stories, when you're winning baseball and bas- women's basketball and football every year, it, hel- it helps your uh, awareness. And I think uh, Greg Sankey has taken advantage of that. Uh, I think the real question is, is where, this, where, where everything goes from here. Because there is a disconnect. Uh, there are a lot of older fans who do not like what they're seeing. And, you know, whether whether that will matter or not uh, it remains to be seen, because come Saturday, we'll all be watching whether it's Georgia, whether it's Alabama, whether it's it's any other game. We live for this. But but I, but I think the average fan is is getting squeezed. And, and I'm concerned about that because it's it's simply too expensive to be a season ticket holder at Georgia or at Florida or Tennessee or anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, it's unreal, but. You know, all these uh, these administrators, they work on uh, getting these TV deals and moving the conference around. But, hey, you start talking about the players, you're griping about the NIL. I mean, so they're doing this exact same thing. Trying yeah, to- my, 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 I mean, I'm, all, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a spokesman for the fans. So I, I do care about – I mean, I, I worry if, if anyone really cares about the fans. And I realize uh, if you're making billions of dollars. Uh, but to me, I mean, I deal with these folks every day coach and, and right now they're, they're holding on but uh, uh my, my final concern though is 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 the rest of the university with all the money being given to nil uh is anything else ever going to get done on a college campus because because yeah. if you're a fat cat you're giving the nil you're not giving to the uh, engineering department right. right fortunately stanford and them got a good uh head start on their uh, endowment but yeah um one of the, the last question to hear is just the your show on Saturday, how much, how many people does it take to put that together? Uh, and what's the, uh, how do you decide where you're going and what's the chances for you coming here several times this year? Cause everybody loves to have you. Yeah. There, there are, there are a lot of, uh, 
it, it, it takes a lot of technical work. It take, I mean, you have to move uh, a lot. So there are a lot of folks that, that, that are involved. As far as where we go, it, it's, you know, first, the first part of the, of, our, of the SEC network, we tried to be judicious. We tried to go to someplace, the same place. We tried to go to a different place every week. We tried to get to every place. We're now, uh, we're, we're now trying to gear toward the better games if we can. We also have another show at ESPN, obviously game day. So you don't want to be there at the same, you, you don't want it to be where they are every single week. We've done it a few times. We did it at Georgia, uh, I believe, once or twice, uh, for, I think for the Kentucky game and the Tennessee game last year. Sometimes you just can't help it. Uh, so, but in some weeks, there really aren't very many good choices. Now, and I'll, I'll be, if I could, speak honestly here this week was one of those um there were uh the best game was on sunday so we couldn't do that the next two games are tennessee and virginia which is not a very good game and uh south carolina north carolina we ended up going to nashville for the tennessee virginia game because game day was going to the the game in charlotte um so it it, a lot of times it's just a matter of choice some weeks you have five choices but yeah, we'll be in. We'll be in. I mean, we also want to go where the winners are. That's why we we've come to Athens so many times lately. Okay, Paul. I know you're getting ready for your show. Uh, I, I, it's hard for me to really quantify the fact that nobody in America has four hours a day like you do, and just keep it going like you have. It's just uh, they need to keep giving you raises, man, because you MVP of the SEC. That's for sure, and I mean that sincerely. But from our fans' perspective, we ask them who they want to talk of Dane and I, and you're always the guy that gets the most votes. So we appreciate you coming on with us and uh, look forward to seeing you here when you uh, come a couple times this year. I always look forward to having a few uh, minutes with you. Well, I'll, thank you for saying that. I'll end with a prediction. I think the dogs are going to three-peat. And uh, at the end of the – come January uh, – 11th or whatever it is and the, and the Alabama, if, if an Alabama fan calls up and says, well, don't, don't you start talking about the Saban dynasty being done. I'm, I'm going to hang up because if Georgia wins three in a row, we won't hear any more about Nick Saban's dynasty. It, it will be buried and gone guys. And if we get to that last game, we'll have you on again. Yeah, I will. I will talk to you in the second quarter. As soon as- All right. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you.